This time on the Magic Kitchen podcast, we're going to talk about prosperity magic, mindset, and witchcraft. I'm Leander Witchwood. And I'm Elise Wells. And welcome to the Magic Kitchen podcast, where we talk about magic, kitchen witchcraft, herbs, and everything in between. listening to this and the day it comes out then <laughs> this is it mercury retrograde is finally ending oh my god it's <laughs> been god. like astrologically like this month has been so hard like we had two eclipses <gasps> first things first that's i don't know about everybody else but eclipses really hurt me like they're emotionally i get so existential like it i it's difficult it's really difficult like my logic mind is like no 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 nope no no Peel it back. Nope. You don't need to change nope. your name. Like you don't need to rebrand your entire <laughs> personality. Like, yeah, it's a hard time. Turn into and a I, selkie and change your skin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if only my seal skin. I'm always wearing my seal skin though. But but anyway, I um actually like even on Patreon in my magical living community, like most of the conversation, we've really just been diving into this, like. The challenge of of knowing yourself and and being mm. yourself and how multifaceted that gets. Like your magical practice at the core is for you, right? It's for your self-development. Yes. It's a personal path. But sometimes that puts a lot of pressure on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it can be yeah. hard. So if it you're coming hard. out of Mercury retrograde <laughs> and you're feeling that way, like you're literally going to wake up feeling better tomorrow. That's yeah. my prediction. <laughs> Because it's all ending yes. like it's and then I think we have a bit mm. of astrological lull for a while like it doesn't get terrifying uh, yeah. right away our next retrograde for Mercury which that's that one affects me the most so I always like mentally yeah. kind of know when that are, they're coming but the next one will be at the end of August after the Lion's Gate so you'll have some highs oh. to ride anyway through that hopefully because the Lion's Gate should manifest something nice for you in that that first like on the 8th of August so Okay, so so let me touch on that. So like all of this depends on your placements in your birth chart, right? So Mercury retrograde usually isn't too bad for me. Electronics, technology, it hates me. Like that's when I have the most issues. Printer jams, yeah. you know. Well, that's what I was going to say. Freezing. It's, it's always all technology for me. Yeah. Like I, I but, can't avoid that. Right. Now, now for some people, it's communication with loved ones. It's, you know, mm. their car not working, whatever. Now, Lionsgate is where I have the worst trouble emotionally oh, really? and spiritually. That one messes me up. Like it is agitating to me. And I don't know if it's Ooh. what it is in my chart that does it. <laughs> Aaron Trader, if you're listening, you know, because you know my chart better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of Allie Jordan. She's my, oh, she's my Allie personal too, astrologer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for some reason, like the Lion's Gate, those, like the two weeks of that whole energy shift, it messes with me like crazy. It's 
annoying. I am agitated. I'm emotional. I yeah, no, I can't do it. (laughs) That's so interesting. Yeah. So if you've been going through it, see if your local astrologer can help you figure out where in your chart. But I also do think like, and whenever there's just a bunch of astrological activity, it's going to mess with your wiring. Maybe that turns into like crying easily for you versus like getting angry for someone else. But when we have two Mm. eclipses and lunar Beltane Mm. and the Mercury retrograde, like all compounding, it's, it's going to be rough. It's going to be a rough time. Not to mention this year is when we're coming into the age of Aquarius and that can't be understated. That's a big shift. Like that's something we've been waiting on since like the sixties when people really got into it. (laughs) So it's, it's exciting. But challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I can tell you, like, this whole shift, I've, I'm tired. I am exhausted. And I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. No, it's. I, well, I know why now. I was going to say, you have so much going on. Like, on Tuesday, why. you've, is it Tuesday? On the 18th, you've got your, your big workshop coming up. Yes, I do. Yeah. And of course, we have everything that we're doing in the community. So let me back up. So this month in the community, like, we're focusing on, a bunch of different things. So prosperity being one of them and changing that mindset around prosperity, not thinking that prosperity has to be mean that you are a gazillionaire or a billionaire or a millionaire. It's about taking care of your fundamental needs so that you have more so you can do more. And that's the message that with this workshop and with this, all the work that we're doing in the Rebel Mystic community this month, it's about getting rid of the things that don't serve us and inviting in and keeping, retaining, maintaining the things that do serve us. And Prosperity, which the workshop, the live workshop on the 18th, that one is all about re focusing, readdressing our mindset when it comes to wealth prosperity. What does that mean for us as an individual? Does that mean that your bills are paid so that you can relax so you can go on vacation? Yeah, that's what it means. If Does it mean that you have a surplus that you can buy a piece of property that you've had your eye on? Yes, that's what it means. And then on top of that, we have our rebel mystic ritual this month where I am teaching everyone how to make a banishing powder that will go along with this whole prosperity abundance mindset. So it's going to, it's a powder that you'll use to banish anything out of your life that's not serving you. And I'm super excited about it because this is the work. This is the work we do. You want to learn from us? This is where you find the the education. This is where you find the training. Because Elise and I both, in both of our communities, that's what we're doing. We're teaching you how to harness the energy and master your energy. And that to me, that's what witchcraft is about. You have to be a master of your energy and the energy that is in contact with you. And we can't do that if we don't learn how to do that. So I'm, I, yeah, I'm really excited about everything that we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And on, on Patreon, I'm sharing rituals this past full moon. I shared a ritual that you could actually probably do anytime to help celebrate stability the energy, like we said, astrologically has been really intense. So honestly, instead of trying to manifest something new, putting more pressure on yourself to do something different, I wanted everybody to be able to just celebrate the successes you've already had. Um, and then I've got my weekly journal prompt series going every Monday. Those go out. And it's so important. I always say it's important to combine the magic with the mundane and that's what we're doing in these journal prompts each week is looking at your mundane life 
and seeing how your spiritual practice can carry you through that because it gets hard out there. It's a difficult world to live in. And when we go back to basics and we sit with ourselves at the beginning of each week, it's going to set us on a better path. And sometimes we don't have time to do that every day. So if you have time to do it once a week, that's (laughs) great. So that's, that's what I, I try to get us moving along on. And, and then I share my exclusive articles. I'm really excited for this month. Actually, I won't spoil it, but but it was a it was a rabbit hole I went down like like a lot of the things I I end up writing articles about um and my next workshop is connecting with land spirits so we got excellent feedback on the spirits of place episode that we did a little while ago and it's my specialty connecting to land spirits connecting to spirits of place sacred travel is at its core that's what I'm doing I'm looking for new connections I can make So I'm sharing a lot of that culminative knowledge with you in this workshop. And in this workshop, you also get an exclusive meditation that I'm not sharing anywhere else, a ritual for connecting to land spirits, as well as 13, isn't it funny how that witchiness worked out? 13 different exercises and journal prompts and ideas for connecting with land spirits on your own property as well. Because at the core of what we do as witches, it's about energy connection and energy health and our environment that we spend the most of our time in is really important to keep healthy. So land spirits are crucial in that process, integral. Um, and if you're listening to this before May 20th, 2023, you can get the early bird pricing. So if you go on seekingnumina.com slash events, you'll see my event there for connecting with land spirits. And we're also I'm also on Eventbrite. You can follow me there to get notifications of the early access pricing too. Awesome. The Magic Kitchen Podcast is funded and supported by thewitchwoodteahouse.com, offering a variety of hand-blended loose leaf teas, as well as loose herbs for all of your ritual, spell work, wellness, and everyday enjoyment needs. If you would like to support this podcast while sipping a great cup of tea, head over to thewitchwoodteahouse.com and find the magic that's in store for you. So... I've heard a lot of <laughs> creators on TikTok and Instagram and like there's a real push for this prosperity magic for um I guess the rich witch mentality and this is good. I love seeing this. This is something I'm so excited about for our community because I think for the longest time we have been set in that deprivation mindset, which is a colonizer mindset. It's a mindset that teaches us that we always have to be giving, 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 and never taking. So it keeps us in that deprived, impoverished mindset or lifestyle. And But but I, then I see people getting frustrated because they're trying to break free from that. So they're worried that they're never going to get free from that deprivation and poverty and living paycheck to paycheck, that sort of thing. And they, you know, can't figure out why their spells don't work and why their money seems to fly out the window when their spells are cast. And, you know, maybe they'll get a little bit of money, but as soon as it comes in, it goes. And I really want to help our community and help us as a a culture really get out of that deprivation mindset in the American mindset that, you know, money is only for certain people or prosperity is only for certain people because what 
prosperity and wealth looks like to you maybe will absolutely will absolutely be <laughs> different than what it looks like to me. And I think that's something that we don't define enough for ourselves. What are your thoughts, Elise? I think that when we when we look at wealth and its connections to the witch community, there's two resounding themes. One is that witchcraft is the path of 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 no monetary connection. Like the the wise woman trades for her services and we should never charge for healing. And if you want to be a witch or a healer, you just you're not going to be wealthy. And while I think that there is definitely some truth in in advantage being taken in some situations, I think that it is doing a disservice to our community to discount that when you are providing a service within it, that it should be that you sh- you don't deserve wealth for it. And I think with that too, mm-hmm. I, I hear this from from a lot of sources. I, I hear this from editors at magazines I write for. I hear this from Instagram accounts with thousands of followers that I'm I'm friends with. I hear this from my patrons mm-hmm. and students, and I definitely hear this from non witches too, where People just assume witches are poor. Our community is not a rich one. Mm-hmm. That is a direct quote from several different people I have heard. They say that <laughs> as if it's finite and it is what it is and there's nothing to be done for it. Mm-mm. And in reality, we forget that wealth is subjective, like Leandra said. When I talk about wishing I had wealth, I don't mean millions. I mean enough to cover my own bills this month and build savings. I don't even think millennials, yes. like my generation, I don't think we're even considering retirement because that's just, that's beyond us. Like, you know, which it shouldn't be. Like, there's yeah. so many things that we just discount as, oh, well, there's not gonna be social security left when I get there. So I probably won't be retiring. And we just accept that as a fact. Oh, uh, witches aren't wealthy. We just accept that as a fact. Our healers shouldn't charge for right. services. We just accept that as a fact. That is not <clears throat> healthy. It's not productive and it doesn't serve our community's goals. And when you think about what witchcraft can do, you know, we have no problem believing that it can help heal somebody who's ill, that it can help fix a struggling Mm -hmm. relationship, that it can get you a better job. So why do we have trouble believing that it can bring us money? Money is just a resource, right? There's time, there's water, there's food, there's energy, and there's money. Money is just another one of those resources. If you can manifest a a physical item, if you can manifest a certain relationship, if you can manifest a certain service or event to happen, you can manifest cold hard cash. Yeah. And well, okay. And let's look at that for a little bit, because I think what it boils down to is trust or trust coupled with a couple other things. One, it is the uh, message we've been told since we were children that money is only for certain people, wealth, abundance, prosperity is only for certain people, and you are just as you are. You're you're going to be what you are. There's no way of getting out of that, which is absolute bullshit <laughs> for me to be completely frank with that. But look at it. Okay, so let's go back to – you gave an example when you came back from Ireland about how you had an experience where um, you asked Bridget to help you get to her well. And you communed with a crow, then who then led you to a, a guide to get you to the well. And you got there. 
you got there safely. You yeah. you got to experience it and you got back safely. This is what prosperity mindset is. It is trusting the process, trusting your guides, trusting the deities you ask help from instead of just dismissing the process. And a lot of that starts with our financial mindset when we're think- thinking about prosperity. And this, again, this isn't just about money. It's about prosperity in general. And think about what abundance means. The literal definition is plentiful. It's abundant. Abundance isn't specific to money. We It's come become associated with money and wealth. But abundance just means many. So when you're asking for abundance, abundance of what? That's where we have to get really specific. So the prosperity mindset, it delves into a lot of different things from having a home that is comfortable to being able to pay your bills, to be able to save for the future. It's not just about money. And when we can't get ourselves out of that patriarchal colonized um, mindset that money is only for certain people or that prosperity is only for certain people. If we are stuck there, we, we will be stuck in the impoverished mindset. And that doesn't necessarily mean lack of money, but oftentimes it does. So we have to re-examine our relationship with money. And we have to ask ourselves some really key questions. And this is, we are not by any means going to be able to cover everything that a witch should be aware of or should know when it comes to prosperity magic and prosperity witchcraft. But it is going to start with your mind. It's going to start with examining that relationship with money, with what you think you deserve, with what you have your own self-worth. And I really, I want you to, to ask yourself one question, like get out your journals right now. I'm going to give you some homework right now. I want you to ask yourself this question. What is your initial thought your initial reaction when someone begins talking about money, debt, savings, and wealth. Just write that down. Like pause this episode and just start writing that down. Start examining that. What is your knee-jerk reaction when somebody brings these topics up? And how does that make you feel? So once you have that answer, once you have that feeling, that the feeling in your body, the feeling in your mind, once you have that written down on those four areas, money, debt, savings, and wealth, I want you to sit with it. How does it make you feel? And do you like that feeling? Do you feel joy or do you feel anxious? Do you feel like you want to run away? If you don't feel joy or relaxation or confidence in those areas, in your financial future, in your prosperous future, in your future in general, if those things cause you anxiety, it is really time It's a hard time to start examining the programming and what has been embodied by you about these subjects and how you can change that. Join me June 3rd for my next workshop, Connecting with Land Spirits and Spirit of Place. Learn how to connect to your local land spirits, the different types of spirits of place, and why this relationship will improve your spiritual practice. This event will be recorded if you can't attend live. And if you're listening to this after June 3rd, 2023, message me for the recording. So let's talk about mindset. So as with everything, I always come from a multicultural perspective on this. And it's interesting 
that Leandra sees the American mindset as fixed, the fixed mindset. A fixed mindset is that you are what you are. And we can have a fixed mindset about a lot of things. A lot of people right. have this about certain talents. Oh, I'm not an artist. And they neglect that completely. They say, I'm not an artist. And they don't ever pick up a pen, pencil, you know, paintbrush. Or you can have a growth mindset. <laughs> I'm not an artist yet. I haven't spent time painting. You know, those are facts maybe. Right. But now you have a, a recognition that you can grow on that. And I actually see the American mindset Now, I know we feel like the American dream is an outdated concept, but it's still within our fabric that if you work hard, I hate to say that, that's not really what I mean, but that's what we believe, that's what we're told to believe, right? Is if we work hard, we can create something. And in in reality, like that is more true in America than I found it to be true in Europe, for example, or the Middle East. These are other places that I've I've lived for extended periods of time. Um, I, I will say like, you know, I run Seeking Numina as an American business because you can create an LLC in 15 minutes. If I wanted to create a business in right. Greece, whew, forget it. First off, it's just not possible. Second of all, you need to hire many lawyers. It's very time consuming. You need a board of directors to start a business. I'm talking like if I wanted to do exactly what I do, if I wanted to teach online like I do with Seeking Numina, if I wanted to give tours like I do with Seeking Numina, I would then have in Greece, I would have to have a board of directors. I would have to show proof that I have meetings. I have to submit receipts for every purchase and usage of my business every month with an accountant. So so you've got a payroll instantly when you start a business here. And that's a European phenomenon. It's not just a Greek phenomenon. Anyone in the EU has that expectation. It's very, very challenging. In the US, certain things like starting your own business are in fact easier. So if you are an American and you're thinking about like, oh, I wish you actually can. Like, I promise you, you can manifest a, a business yeah, of your own if that's you what you want to do. It's it almost is, too it easy. Yeah, it's for, for real. It makes you think that it's going to work for sure <laughs> because it's so easy to start. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it, it, you know, if you're listening to this from Europe, I want you to know, like, I see you. I hear you. Like, yes, it is so Mm-hmm. so hard to do anything here it's very bureaucratic <laughs> the u.s is much more wild west about money like you can just trade cash <laughs> you can use venmo like things like venmo paypal etc they do not mm-hmm. exist in europe you have to do a bank transfer wow. you have to type in transfer. their whole it's called an iban it's a long chain it makes your account numbers in the u.s look short it is like a 32 digit yeah. code and it's super tracked by the government so yeah I will say that the money mindset is is very different here because of these bureaucratic practices. And I also think that that keeps people down. Like I, I volunteer with the Greek Mm -hmm. Irish society. They're called Inish here in Greece. And, Mm -hmm. you know, even to get people to donate, it was like, it took them a year and a half to set up a donate link on like the European equivalent of, of uh, GoFundMe because they're a nonprofit, they're an Mm -hmm. educational organization, but it still took that long and they still to this day they've done they've done dozens and dozens of events but they still can't get nonprofit a bank account set up in the the right way like they're working with several lawyers like every every penny we make goes to lawyer fees because that's just how it is here and and it's it's really wow. frustrating and it deters people from from following their dreams and in, and unfortunately it also creates a right. mindset of like the individuals that come to our events like they don't know where the money is going to go. And and I see that in, in pagan events 
internationally too. It's a little bit less extreme in England, but even there where I've gone to different things, they're like, oh, it's by donation. We don't want to assume that you'll have the money to pay for it. Like that's how a lot of events are run here. Mm. Pagan and otherwise, like even art lessons can be that way or Mm -hmm. (sighs) yeah, it's, it's frustrating. It's very hard to, (laughs) to convince people that what we're doing is, is worth money. And I think, I think in our community more than any other. Wow. Yeah. And, and I, I agree. Like, so where I live in South Central Pennsylvania, we have a fairly large pagan witchcraft community, but they are on that very low spectrum of income. They live paycheck to paycheck. I can't tell you how many people would come into the shop and go, oh, I love all these things and I only wish I had more money. Or they would come in and they're, they're literally spending their rent money. And that's the that's the American mindset is that if you've got it, you better use it instead of like, OK, how can I yeah. use this as a tool to better me later? And this is something that we really have to realize when we're coming into the money mindset, the rich, witch, prosperity, witch mindset is that money is an energetic tool. It is not the root of all evil. It is not the root of deprivation. It is not something that works against us. Unless we have that mindset that we have to work hard for our money instead of our money working hard for us. And there's the flip. You have to flip that. It's something that people on TikTok, they're doing all these prosperity spells. You know, they look all wonderful in their aesthetics and they're, you know, they're not expressing this. And this is where I have an issue with learning your witchcraft off of TikTok is or or social media in general. If you're not learning from somebody who's already got their shit together, who can actually demonstrate to you the ins and outs, the ups and downs and the resources and the sources that have, you know, brought them to the position they're in right now, if they're just doing it to build followers and build a name for themselves, then you need to unfollow them right away because they're not giving you genuine valuable information. They're just giving you a snapshot. They're giving you the best possible snapshot of their existence. They're not showing you the behind the scenes. When we're dealing with money, when we're dealing with prosperity, when we're trying to build lives for ourselves that are sustainable for one and that will grow for us so that when we retire, I mean, how many people can't even retire because they haven't developed this mindset that money is a tool for us, that money should work hard for us instead of the other way around. And it's really difficult to pull ourselves out of this mindset if we're not willing to do our shadow work in this area. And that's something that I dig deep in is what was I taught when I was a child? How does that affect me now? What limiting beliefs am I holding on to? You know, the whole idea that rich people are evil and they're greedy. That's not necessarily true. Yeah, yeah, there are some out there. Don't get me wrong. There are some that are just completely ridiculous with their money and they're basically ill because they're hoarding money like a person would hoard cats, right? But not everyone is like that. Not everyone who has wealth is this ultra billionaire just hoarding money in off, you know, over. Seas or offshore accounts, whatever. And I think even more importantly is that if you, I think there's a fear within within those of us who are not the one percent, right? That if Mm -hmm. we do gain wealth, that we will become Scrooge McDuck or even worse, Bezos, Elon Musk, like these really sinister villains Mm -hmm. of our time. Like one, we have to remember, like when we talk about wealth, 
it is it, one, it's subjective. Let's keep coming back to that because it really, really is. And two, yes. Yes, to be that crazy 1%, you know, the Walton family that owns Walmart or, you know, the, the Hong Kong billionaires <laughs> who control the casino market in every country. Like these are not, these are not possibilities mm-hmm. really like to become like, it's, it's just no. not really what we're worried about. So, so it's not going to happen. So and you don't have to, you don't have talk, to. Yeah. yeah. And so when we talk about like, quote unquote, rich people, that's like the extreme, like the real people that are just doing well, like those crazy mm-hmm. developments that in the States, like you drive through the countryside and you see these crazy mansions and like those people are doing well, they're making probably a million a year. That's crazy to us, right? So much money, but that's attainable yeah. guys. That is something you should not feel guilty about wanting or uncomfortable right. about really right. really right. wishing you had like that's Coming. yeah <laughs> like like that should not make us squirm <laughs> to wish we had a house that big like personally no. i'm at a place in my life i know i just don't want that i don't want a house that big but my mm-hmm. wealth comes from I if either. i can continue to travel <laughs> my whole life long i will feel wealthy that's all i care yeah. about I don't need it. Yes. Even the apartment I live and in now, I, think I don't need it much bigger. You know, if I had an oven, that'd be awesome. <laughs> but I'm not looking for the <laughs> kitchen. crazy. You know, I don't need a pool. Like, I don't, that's not wealth to me, but no. that might be wealth to you. And that's right. okay. That's fine. Right. And I think that's the key right there is what we're told wealth should look like is not truth. What you yeah. Desire, what makes you feel comfortable, safe. And I think there's the keys right there. You need to feel comfortable. You need to feel safe. You need to feel secure about your future. Those are three aspects. If you don't have that within your craft, then there's something disconnected. There's some shadow work still to be done. And like you said, Elise, if, you know, like having this huge mansion and all these cars, that's to me, that's not wealth for me. You know, I want a small home. A reliable vehicle. I want to be able to travel. Like I want to be able to experience the world rather than shutting myself into a big, beautiful mansion that I can't even, you know, experience fully because, you know, there's too many rooms or, you know, the grounds are too big or whatever, you know, (laughs) Um, you know, maybe, maybe your version of wealth is that you can give back to organizations that are worthy, that protect wildlife, that protect animals, that protect children, that sort of thing. You know, maybe that's your version of wealth. Maybe your version of wealth is having a well-furnished home that's well-organized and you have a housekeeper. Fine. That is attainable. You can do that. But we can't do it under the current mindset that we have to work hard for our money. We have to flip that mindset. And this is where magic, where prosperity witchcraft is, it's like the crux of it. You have to deal with your head before you can get the magic to work for you. Because you can sit there. And, you know, do all these prosperity spells and they'll work. Trust me, they will work. Whatever you are manifesting for yourself, it is working. You're an excellent manifester because I guarantee you, if you go back right now and start journaling your limiting beliefs, your mindsets, you are manifesting everything you believe about yourself and about your life and about your situation. You are manifesting it because you are perpetuating it with your mindset. But if you were to flip that you would see a change. So when you start doing these prosperity spells that you see on TikTok or Instagram or Facebook, wherever you're at, and you get that extra $50 or extra $100, or you know maybe it's a smaller trickle than that, but it's a bigger amount. <clears throat> but you see that money just flying out the window. 
You got it, but it's gone. You got it, it's gone. You got it, it's gone. There's a reason for that. There's a reason it's not sticking around. There's a reason that your prosperity spells are quick and dangerous. So what I want you to do in figuring out what mindset you have or actually figuring out what you need to do and what you're doing wrong, I want you to become your own financial supervillain, okay? I want you to sit down with your journal, make two columns. One side is going to be your supervillain. One side is going to be your superhero. So I want you to write down everything in your supervillain column that the would be the worst possible decisions you could make with your money, the worst possible mindsets you could have with your money, everything a supervillain would do to thwart your success in being a financially sound mindset, in being a financially sound person, in having a financially sound future or a prosperous future. It doesn't necessarily have to be financial, just prosperity. Think of prosperity, abundance, abundance in what? So Who's your supervillain and what would they do to you? Or what would that supervillain do to prevent you from living your best possible life? And then in the next column under your superhero, what would the superhero do? What would that superhero do every single day to ensure balance, success, prosperity? And I think what you can do after that is look at where the things you do want to be spending money on or that you already are spending money on Look at where they fit in. Is this going to help you towards your goals? Is it not? Is it going to detract? Is this something your villain would order or something your hero would order? Are you ready to start living a magical life? Join me in my Patreon community where I'm sharing rituals for every Sabbath and full moon, weekly journal prompts, and new on the new moon articles highlighting new practices from around the world. Joining a community can be the thing you need to keep your practice active and engaging. For more information, visit patreon.com slash Elise Wells or follow the community link on seekingnumina.com. Let's look at some ways that you can start getting into a productive mindset towards prosperity, abundance, finances, and all types of wealth. So the number one thing that I have found that's helped me in this mindset is to eliminate the word expensive from my vocabulary. Mm. And the first time this was posed to me, my shadow instantly recoiled and got pissed off and was like, this is terrible. That's a stupid idea. Certain (laughs) things are expensive. What are you talking about? And then I sat with it. I said, why are you so riled up? Like, let's talk about this. And I realized Mm -hmm. it's because I was one of those people who would just shut things down because it was, quote unquote, expensive. And then when I looked at that, when I looked at the things I labeled that way, it was never a DoorDash delivery order, even though it might have been 30 bucks for one singular dinner for me and maybe, maybe a second person. And it was never travel and it was never books. Those were really my three things that I could look at and say like, you know, I'm spending a lot of money on that. But what it was, was things truly and 100% for me. Now, of course, travel books, food, those are things for me. But if it was like getting my nails done, buying new clothes, um, buying a subscription to, to a new TV channel, 
I, I just wouldn't do it. I would say it's too yeah. expensive. And and that might be five bucks a month for Hulu. Mm-hmm. It was too expensive in my mind. And mm-hmm. then I dug deeper and I realized it was things that would help me improve myself. Courses, community memberships, mm-hmm. uh, sessions, mm-hmm. like therapy sessions, coaching sessions. These were things I said are too expensive, but I look and it's the price of a yes. single drive through coffee. Why was I saying that was too expensive? So the word expensive, it can be a guidepost for you to recognize where your priorities lie. And they might not lie where your mental priorities do. Your 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 lack mindset might tell you, oh, I can't afford to join this online community space. But think of that next time you go through drive through Think of that next time you're in Amazon and you just add those extra few and- items. You actually could. And think of what you would get yeah. from that community that you're not going to get from that, you know, printed mug that you're buying on Amazon, you know, like this, this is the the mindset shift. Yeah. Like expensive was a really big guidepost yeah. word for me on this journey personally. Yeah. And I, and I think that's an awesome point to make because um, when I look at expenses and I did the same thing, like I, I had no problem adding the extra mug that I didn't need into my cart <laughs> When I'm at the store because it was cute, you know, in, in the moment that caught, that gave me joy in the very in that split moment, I'm like, oh, that's so cute. I'm going to love it. But then when I get home, I'm like, oh, crap, I've got 30 other mugs. What do I do with where do I even put it? Right. And uh, I do this all the time because I have a multitude of teapots. I do tea. So teapots are my thing. Tea cups are my thing. So I have literally a hutch full of them that I use a fraction of them because I don't want them to get broken or whatever, but I do enjoy them. So that's that's not the point. The point is the impulse buys that don't serve us in the long term. So when I look at expensive, I don't say to myself expensive anymore. I say, is what value does this bring? And don't think of value as, oh, you're getting the bigger box for, you know, a, like the bulk mm-hmm. discount, not yeah. that kind of value. The value you're, it's going to bring you days, years, months from now. Okay. So an if you, investment. you know, I'm going to put myself as the example because yeah, it's an investment. So I'm, I'm at a, you know, cool antique shop. I've already got three things in my cart and I should stop, but I see another teacup that I really enjoy. Now I have to stop myself and I have to think, okay, first, where am I going to put this? And two, how much joy am I going to get out of this in the long run? Am I actually going to use it or is it just going to sit there and look pretty? And then I think longer than that, like who's going to want this after I'm gone? Let's think longevity here. Like, is it just going to get thrown away because someone else doesn't value it like I do? And I mean, these are like hard questions, right? Because nobody wants to think about that. But start thinking of purchases as value versus benefit. So if this is something that's going to benefit you in the long run, it's going to give you some long, long-term long joy. It's going to give you long-term knowledge. It's going to help you on your path as far as growing as an individual, growing as a magical person. What is the long-term benefit of what this purchase is going to do for you? And it'll start pulling you out of the impulse buy mindset, which is the, the American mindset. <clears throat> We're, you know, that's why they have those cattle shoots at like the – the department stores, right? Oh my right? gosh, TJ Maxx, you're going it's like 17 line, you miles long line. and you're snaking through <laughs> soaps and bath bombs and yeah. hot chocolates and that are all these cute things. Of. Yeah. Oh my God. You can oh spend God, more there yes. than when you first They have enter. all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Uh. And that there's a reason for that because we are so conditioned to just, oh my God, it's cute. I got to get it. Oh my God, it's cute. I got to get it. Oh my God, I need that. But you really don't because it sits in the drawer now and you never use it. Mm-hmm. Then you end up <laughs> so saving it for that special occasion about and that long... just goes bad. <laughs> yep. That never comes. <laughs> Yeah. And so this is where this is where the prosperity mindset and the magic of prosperity witchcraft really comes in. What's the benefit? How is this going to benefit me in the long run? And do I really need this? So coaches in and communities and classes, those are going to benefit you a lot longer than that impulse buy at TJ Maxx. And this is a great place to write an affirmation for yourself. So I know that as you're listening, mm. you're you're like, oh crap, that, that's me with Timbaland. They said they have a sale, and I instantly <laughs> buy whatever the sh- you know, like you know the thing that's your thing. That's me we at Ulta. <laughs> yeah, see, we know, we know who we are. So I think it's important <laughs> here to write a personalized affirmation, something like, uh, I I purchase that which brings me value, not which brings me instant gratification. Or, yes, you know, yeah. give yourself a singular question because de- decision fatigue is a real deal thing. Like if you go shopping at the end of a long work day, you're going to buy a lot it more is. weird stuff than if you went on a Saturday morning first thing. So right. whether that's groceries right. or otherwise. So it's important to know that, too. And think about one question you can ask yourself. Will this bring me joy when I'm unpacking it at home? That's a good question. Will this bring me joy when I look at my credit card receipt? Will I think of, oh, crap, why did I buy this? Or will Mm. I think, oh, at least I did buy that? Yep. So come up with a good affirmation. Come up with that good question to double check with yourself in the moment. One question you can fall back on that doesn't have you, you know, floundering around while you're in the store. Yeah. And and that's a great point to bring up. Like that long-term buyer's remorse that a lot of us end up feeling when we're just impulse buying and i I, we'll see this it's gonna it's it's probably just passed um by the time this episode has aired but tax return season okay we we see this shoot up in tax return season okay because people get a lot of extra cash and they don't invest it instead they're like oh i can go buy that new tv oh i can go do this but then what happens to a lot of americans is they spend all this money And they forget to save. They forget to invest it and grow that money to grow their bottom line. And then a big bill comes due. Or, you know, they were able to do a down payment on some new furniture, but the furniture bill comes due. And you look around going, oh, I really shouldn't have spent that much money on that. And the long-term regret is real. And it comes when we think, oh, I've got this money and I'm good and, you know, I can do this finally. And but if we're not thinking it through, if we're not asking ourselves those critical questions, like how am I going to feel when this bill comes due or do I really have the money for this or should I be using this money in another way is a really good place to start before you make any purchases. Because if we're not investing our money to work for us and getting our money to grow on our behalf, then really we're wasting it on things that are impulse buys. We 
we love getting your stories and hearing your experiences. And we are planning a listener-led episode all about how witchcraft changed your life. And we're using this service. It's totally free. It's really easy. No accounts or anything like that. Go to speakpipe.com and search Magic Kitchen Podcast. And it's a way for you to leave an old-fashioned voicemail telling us your story. So we're really excited to do that. I think it's going to be a way to really build community with everybody, even if you're a listener, but you know, you're know you not on social media. This is a way to do that, to join us. So how did witchcraft change your life? How did witchcraft empower you? So take some time, go to speakpipe.com slash magic kitchen podcast or follow the link in the description. So because this <laughs> subject is so mundane, we want to make sure that you have some magic in it because it really should be a magical journey. And Elise and I have some spells to share with you. I have some herbs and we're going to share some deities you can work with in this subject. So one of my favorite wealth prosperity spells are jar spells. I love jar spells. They are so easy. Um, they pretty much are um, evergreen. <laughs> That's the best word I can think of <laughs> because it'll sit on your altar. And when you need a boost, you shake it up and go. And so my favorite thing to do is I will get my jar. Um, I love jars with like a natural lid you can use a mason jar if you have, if that's all you have. Um, I prefer some sort of lid that's not going to degrade. So a really good quality or, uh, jar, like a, a mason jar lid is a great option. Um, because I have a bunch of different kinds of jars that I use, I like to use thin ones that are easy to store, like tall and thin. And um, what I do is I'll... I start by really getting clear my mindset. That's where I always begin. And that's why we had so much discussion on the mundane of it, the shadow work of it. I do my shadow work before I engage with the spell. So I know I'm going in with the right intention, right mindset, and the right yeah. plan. Yeah, that's so important. So that I'm not – yeah, it really is. And I think that's something that gets missed is that we're not going in with the right plan. We're not thinking ahead. The magic not is not going to save budget. you. We're not looking it's at it. It's just a tool exactly. for you to then be it is. more active in this goal. Right. And here's here's one fundamental thing that I think a lot of people miss in magic is if your mindset, if your energy is not aligned with the working you're doing, it will not work. It will go off and do something else that you were not expecting or that is completely opposite of what you're trying to achieve because you're not aligned with it. So doing your shadow work, getting clear, writing down your intentions, making sure that your petition is in line with your intentions are critical. So that leads me to my next step. So you got your jar, um, maybe you get some prosperity herbs, which I like to use uh, basil, allspice, uh, cedar is a good one, chamomile, cinnamon. Those are common. Those are great. Clove is great. Um, if you have dill, that's a great one. So whatever prosperity um, herbs you want to use. What I will do is I will get a piece of paper and I will write out my petition. And this comes after I've journaled what I want, what I need, what I've planned, you know, making sure that I'm all aligned with everything. So I write out my petition and then I burn that petition. And that petition is going to the energy and the deities that are that I'm asking for their help. Next, I'm going to write out what I need. So do I need $1,000? Do I need $50? 
do I just need sales to pick up in the tea shop? Okay. Then I will write that out and I will roll it extremely tightly. I write, I roll this stuff. Like, I don't know how I do it. <laughs> no, I, I do know how I do it. I, I use like a toothpick to help me roll the paper up as tight as I possibly can. And I roll it toward me because I'm bringing this toward me. And then I tie it with green or red thread. Now, green is just prosperity in general. Red is going to be instant action, power. I want it now, okay? Then I'm going to put that in my jar. I'm going to put in my uh, herbs. Um, What I also like to do is I have in my shop, I have prosperity incense and prosperity tea. I, I will use both of those. And I will burn the incense. I will drink the tea. And I will sometimes incorporate the tea into the spell if I don't feel like doing my own unique blend for this spell. And all of this gets charged on my altar, goes, you know, as much as can fit in the jar will go in the jar because you want to keep room for shaking because you want to shake it every few days or whenever you need a boost. And then I seal it. Um, If you want to, you can, you know, do a put a candle on top of it. A green candle is great and burn that down to seal the wax around your your lid and that's basically it real simple you don't have to go into a long uh, procession with your working get your intention clear get your ingredients clear and make sure that you are in the right headspace that you're aligned with the energy so you said you would burn the petitions do you burn them or do you put them in the jar i burn my petition uh, I was taught that when you do the petition, you burn it so that it is released into the energetic field to reach that deity or that um, even demon that you're working with. So when you tie it with the ribbon, you do that and then burn it? The the I tie the spell, the intention that I want to bring to me. So my petition is separate from the actual spell writing that I do. I don't I don't think mm, I clarified that. Okay, okay. Um, the petition is just my petition. It's like a letter, a love letter to the deity <laughs> saying, mm. hey, I need your help. I, I need it for this purpose. I'm doing this working now. If you could join me and lend me your energy. Then the spell that I'm writing of what I want and need is a completely separate piece of paper that goes in the jar. For this episode, I think what I'm going to do is I'll write this out. I will write this whole spell out and I will give it to... F- for free to people who want to join the community and I, it'll be in the free community. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, actually. And I'm really excited to do this one too, because the spell that I had prepared to share is, is similar. And I think you could just combine them. So I use a green candle as well. Oh yeah. And I, I carve some glyphs and sigils into that. So I, I do Saturn's glyph and I also do, um, I usually kind of make a sigil for what I'm trying to manifest. So if it's something for my business, I, I carve my business's logo into it, which is a drop of water falling into a pond. So I actually, I also think that really kind of exemplifies the kind of wealth I build too, because it's like, you know, it's, it's education that ripples out into all my students. Like that's what I, that's what Seeking Numina does through tours, through workshops, through the community. Yeah. And then, if there's something else specific, I try and come like I, I kind of channel the sigil. It's usually not nothing that good, to be honest with you guys. It's like it's like a little wavy line to mean continue or an arrow going <laughs> up that means growth. You know, it's it means something to me. Daily yeah, knows yeah. what I'm talking about. And then I usually do this as a cycle spell. 
And I shared this on my Instagram a million and one years ago, but you can find it in my witch tips highlight. It's uh, a cycle spell. We've talked about it too, is the idea that you go from maybe full moon to new moon to manifest something growing yes. or new moon. Oh my God. To I love how we work together. To yeah. So you could just do this exact thing, <laughs> but instead of lighting the candle each night, burn it down that first full moon night and manifest yeah, that wealth and yeah. then shake it every night. Write an affirmation like we talked about mm-hmm. earlier in the episode. Say that as you shake it every night. Mm-hmm. I love that. Oh, that's yeah. good. And it, this is amazing. This, okay. Just so to give our listeners some insight, like this is why Elise and I work well together because we didn't discuss this before. We nope. didn't have this plan. It was kind of like, hey, what are we going to talk about next? Okay, let's talk about spells. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so good. <laughs> And then please email us at either magickitchenpodcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram and let us know if you do these spells, how they come out for you. Because every now and then, like in this moment, Mm. a spell comes through and I just know it's a good one. You know, it's not it's not half assed and it's not that complicated. Like there's no part (laughs) of me that's like wanting to revise it. Like this feels like one of those spells. And the fact that we both put it together. Yeah. Together is giving me goosebumps. So yeah, I think it's a good one. I'm really excited. Yeah, I love it. I want to hear how yeah. it goes for you. Yeah. And I, I know you need it. You right now, I'm talking to you. You need this. <laughs> hey there, witches. Leandra here. And I'm inviting you to join me in the Rebel Mystic community May 18th for a very unique workshop on working with the egregore of money, wealth, and prosperity. Within this workshop, you will learn to activate the power of money within your magical journey so you can manifest it and keep it and utilize it and make your money work for you instead of you working so hard for your money. Look for the link in the show notes and I will see you in the workshop. Blessed be. So we are going to wrap it up by talking about the the petition, getting deities involved. So Karanunos is one that comes to mind for me, but you can work with any of the deities that you are drawn to and you should, I think. I don't think we should just pick up deities and dust them off the shelf and decide to work with them when we need something from them. It has to be that relationship. And we've talked about that many, many times. So I know, Elise, you have a specific relationship that you work with. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So I would recommend working with not only a deity that specializes in wealth as a concept, but also working with the deities that already work for you. So if you work with Hikate, sure, it is not her realm to give you money. But if you're saying, I need you to help (laughs) me open up a door, I feel between spaces on my job or my path as a business owner or my role in this job, can you help me? Can you open another door for me? That's something she can do. So it's tangential. And she also knows you. She knows what's good for you. Like sometimes my petitions... They, they end up, I like that Leandre calls them a love letter. That's really what they are. They're kind of like, hey, this yeah, is what's going are. on for me. I just wanted to fill you in. I really could use support on. And then yep. sometimes what I think I'm asking for isn't what I get, but it does fulfill that need. So yes. a god or goddess that you already work with is good. If you're looking to reach out to someone specifically, 
I work a, a little bit. We're very new to each other. But after my trip to India, I got very interested in Lakshmi. I did a ritual to her and Ganesha. Ganesha and Lakshmi are like the two tenants. Like they're the god and goddess, if you will, of most home altars in Hinduism. So on Diwali, I got to do a ritual to her and she's just awesome. She's so loving. She's like that cool mom when you go over to the sleepover and she (laughs) makes like Totino's pizza rolls. Like she's just really, really loving. And she's not quite maiden, but she's really not quite mother either, you know? Right. She's great. And um, also people are always so concerned in America about like cultural appropriation Hinduism can't do it. You cannot culturally appropriate it because their whole MO is that all of humanity recognizes that we are all one species and one people and that we no longer need to reincarnate to keep learning that lesson. So they are all about it. Hindus really want you to work with their deities, however you feel fit to do so. So, so go for that one. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And also if you're not into goddess worship or God worship or, or, you know, you're more of an atheist, witch. Buddhism has a goddess, an energy, let's call it, of spiritual wealth and luck, Vasudhara. And you can you can call on her energy to kind of give you a personification of of that wealth that you're pursuing. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll put in the show notes. We found a, a decent article that has a huge list of deities. I, I don't I don't want to like recommend anyone individually because we don't work with them, but they're on this list. It seems legit. You know, there's there's Greek gods on here, Norse gods on here, Chinese gods on here. So click the show notes and you can you can read this article and, and see what they've got going on. Yeah. And hopefully that'll lead you to the one you're supposed to work with. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to the end of this episode. I know it was a lot of mundane talk, but it's necessary. And it's necessary to really look at our mundane side as well as our magical side so they can work in tandem together. They can work together. If you're interested in going further, I am offering a course on prosperity witchcraft. You're welcome to join it. It's The link will be in the show notes in the Rebel Mystic Community and the Academy. And this is where we're going to dig deep. We're going to dig deep with spell work, with budgeting, finance, growing our money and getting our money to work for us so we can be that rich witch. So we don't have to live in deprivation. And you can develop whatever that looks like according to your desires, your needs, and your future needs. And in this course, we're not just going to touch on the magical aspects of it. Like I said, we have to get congruent with our mundane and magical lifestyles and energies. So I'm also going to include how to get your budget in order, how to get your finances in order, and how to plan for the future. So you can retire or if it's early, you can travel and you can do the things you want to do in life without being a slave to that grind and being a slave to money. So you can get your money to work for you. Mary meet, Mary part, and Mary Mary meet meet again. again. Thank you for joining us on the Magic Kitchen podcast. Please visit my website, leandrawitchwood.com, for news, information, and more episodes. I'm Elise Wells, and I can be found at Seeking Numina on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook, and seekingnumina.com. That's seeking, N-U-M-I-N-A.